On this episode of Ready Week, we look at the circadian rhythms and how to make it more and more popular, the innovation hub at Cedia Expo, and where customers are going for their residential technology. All that and more next on Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 339, recorded Monday, August 1st, 2022. Easy AV. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Crestron. This is Resi Week, your weekly look at the residential part of the audiovisual industry. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. I am neither tall, nor handsome, nor Canadian. I am your poor replacement for this week's resi, uh, resi, uh, residential week. Resi Week. Good Lord, can we talk right? Uh, Matt Scott is uh, on assignment, so with us to discuss the news and information in the residential world. First and foremost, my good friend, Mr. Jeremy Glowacki from Res Tech Today. Welcome, sir. Thank you for having me. Matt, man, Matt on assignment sounds really official. I'm kind of curious what's going on there. Is this He's, spy? He's probably stuck behind a moose. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was a spy trip into the U.S. to find out all that we're doing wrong. <laughs> uh, also with us is Frank Santos, uh, so we're keeping it somewhat in the in the middle of the country here. Frank is from Vanco. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Uh, Jeremy, I want to start with you uh, in your fine publication, uh, talking about what Crestron's doing in, when it comes to uh, lighting. And they're talking about making human-centric lighting, quote-unquote, uh, hu- second nature. Uh, I almost said human nature, but there's a reason I almost said human nature, because that's kind of what we're talking about is making sure that the circadian rhythms, right? And I know enough about this to be dangerous. So don't, <laughs> don't quote me on here. I am not a doctor, nor am I a lighting designer here, but through the, the various lighting companies and obviously the aforementioned Mr. Matt Scott, who's educated me over the last 10 or 15 years, this is where lighting systems can mimic, right? What we're used to, what we're, we're uh, evolved into, right? So as the sun goes down, our bodies and our minds start to tire, right? This is what we've evolved into. When the the sun starts coming up, it's a different color temperature. And so our minds and our brains and our bodies start waking up and it gives us energy. Jeremy, talk for a second about what Crestron's been able to do and and how they're kind of, you know, hoping to to get this more and more uh, in a a normal sense into the home market. Yeah, so first of all, about a year ago or more, I guess I was... uh, able to attend uh, Crestron's tour that they were doing, and they were up in Chicago. I drove up and saw them, and this was one of those secret behind the main exhibit, Skunk Works, this is what's coming in the future, you can't tell anybody right now, uh, part that they showed me. And it was great because it gave the uh, circadian lighting category uh, more relevance to me because when one company, maybe two companies are doing it, it's kind of like a, it's a, it's a it, almost bleeding edge and you're not too sure this is going to take. And then a company like Crestron, it's so well established. They don't just jump into things. They do it the right way. When they say, we're going to do this too, then you say, okay, this is real. It's going to, it's going to really take some, some roots here. Um, and, and so with using Crestron home, I guess a lot of what they're doing was trying to give the the control back to the homeowner a little bit more. So you've got these settings which become automated, which is the idea of what you want 
lighting control. Um, sometimes to be, sometimes you want it to be adjustable by the end user. Um, but I, I, it's almost more like what shades do. Like I, I just was fortunate to get uh, motorized shades recently. And ultimately I just want them to open and close at certain times a day and not have to think about it. Um, circadian lighting is kind of like that. You want it to follow that path of the sun, but at certain times or certain applications, you may want to overrule that or make an adjustment on that. I think what they're trying to do here is show that like, if you've got lighting on a piece of art, you may not want it to change during the day. You want it to just light the art a certain way. Um, you may have a bathroom fixture and you don't want it to just come on full bright when you go in there to shave or brush your teeth or something in the morning um, because you're just not ready for that full sun yet. So there, there's just, I think, a lot of adjustability there. There's a lot of ways that you can um, kind of work with that system so that it's not just all the dealer programming and then they have to come in and redo it when you need to make an adjustment as an end user. So that's how I understand it. I think it's it's really showing some new intelligence with something that I think is still maybe uh, a little bit on the cutting edge, but no longer bleeding edge, really. I think we're getting closer to this being a reality for certain clients. All right. Frank, uh, Jeremy said it, you know, this is, this is, you know, this has been bleeding edge for a minute, uh, so much so that there are still some dealers who, who aren't quite sure, you know, how to use it and how to leverage it. How do you guys, as manufacturers, bring integrators in, not necessarily to, to circadian and, and uh, this type of lighting, but get them, you know, get them into a new type of, of technology, get them ramped up on, you know, honestly, right now we're talking about 8K coming down the pipeline, forget 4K. Yep. Uh, so how do you get them kind of ramped up on, on, on new types of bleeding edge technology before it does become mainstream? Honestly, it starts with these large shows, right? Infocom. Uh, you bring... You bring this technology to Infocom, you show it off, you showcase it. That's what we did at uh, the last Infocom show, and we plan to do that at this uh, upcoming Cedia. Uh, and then it's it's getting our reps involved and getting feet on the street and obviously uh, visiting them, the dealers, the distributors, and that's how we really do it. Uh, in addition to our website, uh, online trainings, uh, spreading the word uh, about different technologies. Obviously, 8K, uh, it, it's coming around. Panels are out there. Cabling's out there. Uh, I will say the uh, the number one question is is where the, where's the content? So that's my question too. But uh, well, it is available. okay. Hang on for a second though. That, that that is the same that is the same complaint. And I, I say this lovingly to a number of of my my manufacturer friends who would give me crap ten years ago about four K. Yep. Twenty years ago, mm -hmm. right? They were saying, you know what? There's no HD content, right? And and you you too certainly. I remember my first HD, the first my first HD experience. It was it was mind blowing, mm -hmm. right? It was like holy, this is clear, right? There was a there was an entire channel on on Dish Network mm -hmm. um, where nothing but HD nature, right? It was just it was flying through the Grand Canyon, and you felt like you were there. Is is it something where where you know that's still going to be the 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 mantra or the the kickback, you know, 50 years from now when my grandkids are looking at 16K or, or something beyond that? I think so. I think so. I mean, now, there, there's only so much the human eye can process. So you're right. Going from non-HD to HD was mind-blowing. Going yeah. from 1080p to 4K for me was mind-blowing. Uh, I'll be honest with you, in my opinion, going from 8, 4K to 8K and seeing them side-by-side side, is better. 8K? Absolutely. Is it as mind-blowing as it was going from non-HD to HD? In my opinion... No. So, but there, again, there's still a need for it. Resolution's still going to progress. 
uh, refresh rate still going to progress, right? Sporting events. So, um, you know, there, there's there's a lot more to go in terms of resolution. Yeah, and that would be better. I wish I, I I would actually tell you that in my opinion, it is the technology. It is comparing OLED side by side with LCD. Mm -hmm. Maybe um, resolution would be the same. That's so. correct. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, from our friends over at CE Pro, I'm actually going to squish two two stories together, uh, both of them from CE Pro. I don't care where Mitchell puts these, both of these uh, side by side or however he wants to link to them. Uh, but there's two things. First and foremost, it is a, a survey. Uh, Jason now writes up a story uh, from Parks Associates saying how do consumers research smart home gear? And what's fascinating here is the top three have nothing to do with dealers' websites. It is the manufacturer website. It is looking for it on online retail or looking in store. Incredibly interesting. Um, but the other part of this, uh, again, uh, looking at what clients want. Are they looking for technology uh, that is in place, it is in, in, it is in your face, or do they want it hidden? I am not asking what architects want, right? My day job, I live in, I live in commercial world, and in that world, architects don't want to see nothing. They don't want to see a speaker, they don't want to see a cable, they don't want to see nothing. This is consumers, right? Uh, so Frank, uh, question here really is, when, when you're working with your dealers and, and with their clients, with their, with their residential clients, what are they telling you? Like, what is it that, that they're really going after when it comes to the latest, greatest technology? Or just what are they looking for when it comes to home automation or speaker system when they're looking at upgrading the AV in their, in their space? Uh, the number one thing is how easy is this for an end user? Uh, they're always okay. worried about their end user, right? Uh, you know, for them, obviously, uh, they can be trained. Uh, they can be instructed. But how easy is it for them to teach their end user and for their end user to utilize it without bothering their, their integrator every single week or every month on technology? Now, in regards uh, to this article in terms of, of hidden, um, that, is, that is brought up each and every day. I mean, um, Tim, I'll tell you, the pro the, our best-selling product is an HDMI cable. And I always tell integrators that, hey, uh, the HDMI cable, they all look the same, right? It's the guts that matter. And in uh, our cables, the, the guts are really concentrated on. However, the externals of it doesn't matter how it looks. Why? Because you're never supposed to see this cable. It should be hidden. And that goes along with a lot of our components and, and a lot of the products that we sell is we sell products that hide things in the wall or hide things behind a wall, right? IR kits, for instance, uh, you don't want to see that, that Blu-ray player, that cable box anymore, right? Client wants that in a rack, in a closet, downstairs in the basement, and we sell a kit to transfer the IR signals to that location, right? It's a, it's a very clean look. And I think that started off with, honestly, putting a flat panel on the wall uh, hiding your cabling, and then hiding your components as well. Uh, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm a minimalist. I like a clean look. So I hate to say it, but I, I'm on the side of the uh, <laughs> of the uh, decorators, if you will. So <laughs> Yeah, me too. Frank, come on. <laughs> All right, Glowaki, same question to you. Yeah, you know, what, when, you, when you're talking to dealers, what are they telling you that their clients are looking for? Is it is it the minimalist stuff that you guys like, or, or is it, you know, they want to see the big rack. You know, 20 years ago, that's what it was. It was they wanted to see the rack in the living room, yes. right, with, with all of the gear and all of the names, you know, the, the face plates and stuff like that. Are they still looking for that? Are they are they more minimalist and just kind of keep it hidden but give me the experience? 
I think the one exception when you're talking about these high net worth folks that are really the client base of so many custom integrators are the two channel people who really want to see these beautiful works of art, you know, speakers sitting in the room. And that may just be one member of the household that really does want to see those. And maybe it's a certain room that they're allowed to have those out on display in. Um, but I also think it depends on uh, the area of the country, certain places like, you know, Southern California, you just have that minimalist look. That's the style. Um, even in like a really high end, high rise in New York City, same thing. You've got, you know, relatively speaking, limited space in those those spaces. So you want to have it be a very clean look. And so if you can uh, have have a motorized, um, uh, you know, uh, two two piece projection system where you can hide the screen and the ceiling, and it comes down only for certain things. Like in this article, there's a picture of this window that got covered by the screen that would just come down when you wanted to watch something. Um, that's how it would look. Um, you guys mentioned this this story that we posted uh, last week, the company called CC. Uh, it's letter C and then the word seed, like um, a bag of seed, <laughs> um, who does this really huge rotating foldable um, screen TV thing that comes out of the floor. That's like the extreme high end version of this. Um, but I mean, even uh, something like I, I mentioned again, and, and it's just my excuse to brag once more that I got motorized shades, but um, I, I was happy with with uh, external mount of the shades. I mean, to me, it was like that looks really cool. It's a very clean look. But there are people that won't accept that it's clean enough. They want it recessed into their ceiling and has like a little trap door that opens up when the shades come down. And you see those with like Lutron projects that we judge every year for for their awards and and it's just crazy the extent that you can go to want to have that clean look and I, I really do think that there are folks that that's that's what you're paying for is to hide that stuff and it's rare that you really want something on display I would love to hide hide my TV if I could I, I don't love a big black panel on the on the wall or in the corner um, but I don't have the op the op opportunity to do, do that. It's beyond my uh, my freebies that I can call in as a journalist and writer. Um, but I, I think that's one of those things that it's hard to hide often. But uh, you can get those speakers hidden. You can hide the wires and and make things pretty clean from the electronic standpoint. And then the other stuff is just like extreme extra work for the integrators to get hidden. Let me guys ask this, both both of you guys this real quickly. Is is it in 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 the commercial world? It is a lot of times it is driven by the decorator, the designer, or the architect. In the residential world, though, you you do have some tension there between let's say the interior designer and the owner, right? It, it, when you come down to that that tug of war, your your estimation, who typically own, owns that, or who typically wins that tug of war? I guess I'll answer first. It's uh, it's the wives, it's the wives that uh, that. Win I wasn't that. gonna say it. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking, though. Again, it's, that, so, it's so retrograde to say it, but it's so true. Still, that's I mean, what I hear from almost well, I shouldn't say almost every uh, a lot of integrators is that hey, uh, you know, the husband he wants this and he wants it shown. He loves it, and then the wife wants the subwoofer hidden in the ceiling or the wall rather than a big twelve inch down firing subwoofer in the corner of the room. Yeah, so. that that that's that is what I hear a lot of as well. It's still 
that dynamic. And I know we're not supposed to say life acceptance factor. It's, it's out, outdated, but I mean, it's still a factor. I mean, it's still a real thing. And I think that guys, you know, can be slobs about stuff. Honestly, they can leave stuff out. Generally speaking, I happen to be the neat one in my house. I'm cleaning up after the women in my house. So I can, I can say that's not always true, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're more uh, comfortable with seeing the gear out uh, on display and it doesn't always have to be ugly stuff. It, like I said, it's, you know, really high end speakers sometimes, but, um, I would say that the exception is everybody has a smart speaker. I think in this article, there was a percentage, like 50% of internet homes have a smart speaker. And those are so often on a countertop. We're talking about an Alexa, right? Um, it's, it's, it's one of those things that it clutters up a countertop, but everyone accepts that because it is a convenience piece. Um, I'd love to get rid of that. I don't like having extra stuff laying around on, ca- on countertops. You've already got a coffee maker out there, whatever it is. Um, but, but people are willing to do it because it adds just that level of hands-free convenience and getting some information quickly or um, calling up some music if that's the way you want to use it. Uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of times this other stuff, um, if it's a fine, you know, family room space or whatever, you're not going to clutter that up with equipment. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, last story actually comes to us from Residential Systems talking about Cedia Expo. Cedia Expo 2022 comes uh, your way the 29th of September through the 1st of October. Both Mr. Gowagi and Frank will be there in attendance, as will AV Nation. Uh, what they're talking about here in, uh, in Residential Systems, though, is kind of the return of the Innovation Hub. Uh, if you're not familiar, a number of years ago, Cedia Expo put together um, the Innovation Hub, which was a place for new and innovative uh, companies to come together, have a smaller space, in other words, a smaller individual space, but they can bring to the market uh, some pretty, pretty unique uh, offerings. Um, Jeremy, we'll start with you on this. When you look at this list or you think about, you know, ones in the past, what are some of the, the innovations you're looking forward to seeing? Well, it's interesting. I went through this list that's mentioned in the in the article, and uh, it runs the gamut. And there's there's stuff like Delos Living, which is one of those bleeding edge type things where it's about the healthy home. And I still want to have I want to listen to what they have to say. And these are presentations that are either like a panel with the different companies or an actual presentation from the company, as far as I understand it. Um, and then I had to look up some of the companies too um, to to see well what is this. Actually, <laughs> I've never heard of this one. Uh, so to me, it's a way to introduce some maybe developing brands that we haven't normally talked to in the past. Um, there was one that, that jumped out at me, and I thought, I know that name, and it's because Henry Clifford's doing a review. It's AV Pro Global, and they do um, HDI, HDMI extenders. And I thought, well, that's not really advanced technology. It's important technology. It's a problem solver. Um, so I'm kind of curious about that, their participation. Then there's Brown Newtone, which that's an old classic brand of ventilation products, as far as I remember. Um, and there is also just some sort of um, hub type products that kind of solve some problems in more DIY sounding stuff like Hubitat is one of those. So it runs the gamut here, and I think for me, it's really just a good chance to see a company that may be in a smaller booth at the show that you 
might just happen to race past on your way to a meeting to one of the bigger brands, um, and they just aren't really that flashy. And this is a chance to say, all right, give them a, a chance to talk for a half hour, 15 minutes, whatever it is, learn more about them and see how they fit in. So, so I, I, I do think from that standpoint, it's going to be very useful uh, to get off your feet, sit down, listen to somebody chat about their product solution, and maybe learn about some brands that you didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Frank, same kind of question. What are you looking forward to in some of these spaces on the chance that you get to get outside of your booth? Well, you kind of alluded to it, right? So uh, emerging technologies, how, how is how is that communicated? That's a perfect way to do it. Uh, as I mentioned, the big shows are a way to do it, but also uh, uh, this type of communication to obviously us, uh, manufacturers, dealers, so on and so forth, uh, it's perfect to do so. Uh, I, I, I agree with Jeremy. It, it runs the gamut in terms of uh, different types of uh, products, technologies. Obviously, personally, I'm, I'm taking a look at HDMI trends and HDMI technologies of, yep. of what's next, right? Um, you know, obviously, we're working on an HDMI extender. Yes, it's an HDMI extender. Yeah, it's, it's old technology. But uh, from my experience being with Vanco for 10 years, HDMI extenders have changed so much. I mean, you can pass through multiple signals, multiple uh, control signals, uh, resolutions, uh, IR, USB, power, um, you know, Ethernet, uh, in addition to HDMI signals. Uh, so uh, looking forward to that and, and seeing uh, what, uh, what uh, these other manufacturers have to uh, offer. Let me ask you guys a question really quick, because one of the other things that, that kind of struck me when, in looking at this list, not only was you get the HDMI stuff, but you also got um, some of the more uh, emerging technologies, but also what I would call um, entrenched technologies, kind of established technologies, but used in a different way. And, and there's a couple in here that are leaning more towards the um, um, aging at home market. Oh, yeah. And what's fascinating to me is, is, is you have... Yes, that's been a market for a minute, right? And, and and folks have been, you know, you make you know make sure that the the aging generation and let's face it, the boomers are are that one right now. Um, make sure they feel comfortable in the home. They can still they can stay there as long as possible. But now we're introducing technology into that, right? This is not you know hand railings um, and 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 ramps. This is technology and this is safety. Making sure that that the folks you know in our lives, right, and increasingly. You know, we'll eventually get there. Uh, but that, but they feel comfortable and they can age in place. Uh, and especially at an organization and a, a trade show like Stadia Expo, I think it's fascinating that that's one of the innovations as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, a lot of the demographics that have really driven this industry have been um, from the baby boomer generation, and the baby boomer generation is now in their seventies and older. And so this is these are folks who have embraced technology in the home, who have been willing to spend a lot of money on technology. And um, cynically, the, the, the industry is wanting to hold on to them as clients as long as possible, whatever it takes with the living in place as, a, as part of that. But also just as far as a problem solution, it's something that we, we, we have so many challenges with folks who, as they become... Uh, more limited in mobility or, or capability as they get older. Um, you know, it's not cool just to throw someone into a, into a nursing home. It's just, it's not the best thing to do. So if you can keep them in their home as long as possible um, and, and be able to check in on them, let them to feel independent, be as independent as possible, but be keeping, keep an eye on them somehow. Technology is a, a possibility 
possible solution to that or uh, supplement to that, uh, whether you're talking about sensors that just kind of monitor uh, that there's movement in the house uh, and or, or cabinet gets opened, you know, because that's where the medicine is or what, whatever it is. There's a lot of different ways this can be beneficial and subtle at the same time. So people don't feel like they're just being monitored all the time. But family members can keep an eye from a distance and let the other the, the older um, members of their family uh, stay where they are as long as possible. I agree with that. It's, uh, you know, technology, is, it's, it's great for everyone. Uh, it doesn't matter what your age is. And uh, Jeremy, you, you alluded to it. You're right. I mean, my parents are, uh, you know, they're, they're baby boomers. Uh, they're still high functioning, however. Uh, you know, they, they still work. They still love to, to get around. But uh, I, I will log into their camera just to make sure they're okay. They're in the kitchen and, you know, that, they're, that they don't need anything, right? So I'll check up on them. And, uh, you know, I've installed some smart speakers in their own home. And they've gotten accustomed to it. They've asked, they now ask Alexa for different things, whether it's the, the weather, whether it's to check the doorbell, uh, you know, just different things. So they've become accustomed to technology. All right, guys. That is going to do it for us. Thank you both so much. Mr. Jeremy Gawaki from ResTech Today. Thank you, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, we're, you asked what our booth number is at Cedia, and I found it. <laughs> I, Excellent. We have... Uh, a very large number. It's, uh, let's see, I'm trying to, 12,050. So 12050 is our booth number. I won't be there very often, but we, you can get a magazine there, subscribe to the magazine, and you will see me running from one end to the other at the show at the end of September. That's accurate. I've seen that. <laughs> uh, you also check out Jeremy's uh, podcast as well. He does a fantastic job uh, with the Res Tech Today uh, podcast. And so check that out too. Thank so. you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Frank Santos, thank you, sir. Uh, how do people connect with you or, uh, or Vanco, and, and where can they find you at Cedia? Thank you. You can always connect uh, with me, uh, obviously, through Vanco uh, on our website. It's my contact information, number, and email address. Uh, you can also chat with me on our website as well. Uh, at Cedia, we'll be at booth number 25081. I will be there. I'll be there every day, and uh, I'll also be doing some in-booth training. So uh, certainly uh, check us out. Come by the booth. I'd love to say hi. Very good. Uh, for us, for Aviation, go by our website, aviation.tv. That's aviation.tv. Uh, we'll also be heading to CDA Expo the 29th of September through the 1st of October, so you can check that out as well. All that and more at aviation.tv. That's aviation.tv.